I grew up in a small town on Cape Cod where everybody knew everybody. As an example, some friends went on vacation and they sent a postcard addressed to so-and-so behind the town dump and it actually got delivered. I'm now a 54-year-old grandmother, but this happened in 1982 when I was 13 years old and I don't think I'll ever forget it. I had some pretty steady babysitting gigs when I was a teenager. Two days a week for two kids whose mother had once been my own babysitter. Two days a week for the granddaughter of family friends whose daughter had also been my babysitter at one time. And Friday and Saturday nights for friends of my parents who just had their first child. On this particular weekend, the mom had asked me if I'd like to make an extra $2 an hour doing some lighthouse work. As you can imagine, 4 bucks an hour plus the $3 hourly from the other two families was damn good money for a teenage girl back then. Anyway, some parts of my town were sort of the boonies. The family I was sitting for lived on a side road off a fairly main road, considering the small size of the town. At the very bottom of a very steep driveway, so steep that you couldn't see the road from the house or the house from the road unless you were almost a quarter of the way up the driveway. The kitchen door was a little funky. Even if it was locked, all you had to do was turn the knob all the way in either direction and give it a little hip check and it would open. I watched a couple movies, checked on the baby, then went to bed in the spare room around 11.30 to 11.45. I was just about to drop off to sleep when I had heard movement out in the living room, as well as things being picked up and moved around the mantel, bookshelves, and end tables. I then heard a thump and a sharp gasp. I was so scared I couldn't even move. The house was laid out so that when you entered the hall from the living room, the parents' room was the first door on the left, the nursery was directly across, and the spare room was next to the baby's room. I heard footsteps in the hallway, so I was breathing without trying to breathe, if that makes any sense. All I could think was, what am I going to do if they go in the baby's room? Suddenly, I then hear muttering, followed by retreating footsteps. I know for a fact, and I'll never think otherwise, that someone was in the house that night. Having cleaned it earlier, it was clear to see that things had been moved around, including the coffee table. That was probably the thump I heard of someone walking into it. I called the parents who called the police, each arriving within minutes of each other. The police looked around outside, but they didn't notice anything suspicious, and they actually suggested that maybe I had fallen asleep and it was all just a dream. No, somebody had definitely been inside with me. That is the most scared I've ever been in my entire life. I did continue to babysit for that family, but never ever alone again. Just writing this has taken me right back to that night, even though it's been 41 years. I guess there are just some memories that time will just never erase. This is something that happened this past Friday while I was babysitting. For a little bit of context, I'm a 21-year-old female, a college student, and I've been babysitting since I was 14. I'm not an expert on literally anything. However, over the years I've learned caution and resilience. At age 15, I took babysitting classes at our youth center, as well as a female self-defense course. 
so I babysit at least once a month for this one family. I really like them because they pay me more than my usual hourly rate. They have a big house with internet that I can use to do homework, and the kids are surprisingly well-behaved and compliant. So the two parents have like a monthly ritual of going out at around 5 p.m. and then returning a little after 2 a.m. I'm always offered to sleep in the guest bedroom and stay until morning. I usually stay awake and abuse their satellite TV and then leave when they come back. The house is in a nice neighborhood without a whole lot of other neighbors. Very quiet. Also, their house is alarmed with an alarm system that I have the code to and can arm and disarm it through my phone. That'll be relevant in a little while. So I always take them for pizza at this one place that has an arcade. I do this if they tire themselves out and then go to bed very early. Plus, the little girl that I babysit is also on a mission to win a family of stuffed animals from the prize store. So I'd be the world's worst babysitter if I didn't guide her in that pursuit. If anyone may be wondering, for whatever reason, after Friday night, she only needs the daddy stuffed animal before her collection is complete. Anywho, I'm rambling. I was sitting at a table and I was watching them play in a ball pit while also texting on my phone. This couple came over and sat at the same table as me. It was a long table with parents scattered here and there, so it wasn't alarming. The couple looked normal enough. Both were probably in their mid-twenties, possibly a little older. They also talked to each other, but then the guy asked me, Are you the one babysitting Dr. So-and-so's kids? So, the parents of these children are both doctors, and in the specific region that we live in, this would be common enough information. But I still chose to answer their question with an irrelevant statement. I wonder what they use to make pizza here. Yeah, I know. I'm a master of deception. I really deserve an Oscar for my performance. However, they seem to see right through my clever ruse. They started making weird comments. They talked about the kid's parents. They commented on the daughter, and they wondered if she would look as pretty as their mom. Okay, my dudes. I don't know if that was intended to be creepy, but I'm just going to be safe and pretend that it was. Then the woman says to me, and I quote, Do they really let you dress like that while washing their kids? She motioned with her eyes right towards my shirt, which was admittedly a little tight, though aside from a little bit of a bosom crack, not revealing. I have a thin frame and a large chest. It's 90 degrees in my region of the US right now, so it's not like I can wear a hoodie. And my tits have a Crips and Bloods type of relationship with any kind of shirt that has buttons. I saw that as my cue to go and get the kiddos and bring them to their prizes so that we could bounce. After some very thought-provoking and philosophical debating, they both got their prizes and we headed back over to the house. So, fast forward a few hours. Both kids were bathed and put to sleep. I delivered a heartwarming rendition of Goodnight Moon and read a very spooky chapter of The Werewolf of Fever Swamp, and then I tucked them into dreamland. It was around 9pm. I was caught up on homework and just watching TV when I had heard some movement on the porch. I didn't think much of it at first, but the doorknob started rattling violently. I initially started moving towards the front door to see who it was, but miraculously, I remembered that it was late at night, I was home alone with two kids, and I very much wanted to live. 
I turned around to grab my purse, which is where I keep my taser. As I'm moving, the back door starts rattling as well and was also accompanied by some banging noises. That's when I remembered that I hadn't enabled the alarm system after returning. Now, if this was a horror movie scenario, of course the alarm wouldn't have worked and the intruders would have made their way inside. I really hate to disappoint you if you're expecting something more exciting, but I enabled it again quite easily with no incident. I then ran upstairs and grabbed the two kids, then put them in their parents' room in the walk-in closet. I still hate that I scared them. When I gathered them up, I gave no context as to what was going on. I didn't want to tell them that someone was trying to break into the house, but in the process, the fear of not knowing seemed to be worse. I instructed them to stay in there and stay quiet, and only to open the door if they hear me talking to them. I then locked the bedroom door, which is the only door on the upstairs floor that locks. I sat there with my taser out, then hit the panic button on the phone app. Several minutes went by, then I got a notification through the app that the alarm system was now disabled. I planned on calling 911, even though the panning button already took care of that. But I found it more beneficial to arm it back, then I disarmed it yet again, then armed it again. By this time, I could hear what sounded like two sets of footsteps walking up the stairs. Good job, girl. You locked yourself inside with two potential assailants. I was holding it together for the sake of the kids, but not too deep inside. I was scared to death. When I heard the footsteps get near the door and saw the knob twisting, I took a deep breath and pulled the trigger on my taser just to let them know that I was armed, though it realistically wouldn't even do much good. I informed them through the door that the alarm was triggered and that the police were well on their way. Thankfully, I was then greeted by a familiar voice. It was one of the doctor parents. Hey, it's me. You're safe. I opened the door and ran into their arms, and I immediately started sobbing. I hadn't realized truly until it was over just how scared I really was. The kids came out without me giving them the okay, but their parents were there, so I let it slide. When I enabled the alarm on my phone, they both got the notification from the place they were at. With the app, you have the option to view the porch cameras as well. When they got the notification that the panic button was activated, they saw through the camera that there were people on each side of the house. One man and one woman. When the alarm kept disarming, that was them trying to get into the house. A police report was filed by them, and I gave a statement mentioning the two weirdos I met earlier that day, even though there was really no evidence that would directly point to them. Camera footage didn't give any positive face IDs either. So yeah, I was scared. I'm getting over it now though. I'm just really grateful that the couple I was babysitting for were close enough to make it to me. I hate to say it, but I find the police response time to be terrible. I'm currently back in my own apartment an hour away. I checked in once to see how the kids were doing, and they're all holding up fine. I'm just glad that they had proper protection in their home and that this didn't end up to be any worse. I'm really grateful for that. When I was 15, I found a job in a local newspaper for a live-in babysitter. It was summer, and I wanted to make some money. I lived in a rural area, and I didn't have transportation to get to a mall or fast food place to work. You know, the usual jobs for teens. 
There was no public transportation where I lived and no jobs in the rural town that I lived in. I called the number for the live-in babysitting job and a man answered. I found out that he was a divorced man with two young children. They were school age and they were home for summer vacation and he needed someone to watch them while he was at work. He spoke to my mother over the phone and she agreed to allow me to do the live-in job. As an adult, I really questioned so many of her decisions and certainly this one. He picked me up and he drove me to his house and while driving, he told me that he was engaged. He actually said that his fiance was his former babysitter and that she was only a few years older than I was. As a 15-year-old, this didn't set off any alarm bells. I just thought it was weird that someone my age would want to be with an old man. He was probably in his late 30s to mid 40s though. I thought it was weird when I was taking the children for a walk and a woman who lived in the neighborhood looked at me in a very odd way, like something was wrong about me walking with those children. I didn't give it a lot of thought though. It just seemed strange. The house was a split level home, a style where the floor levels are split. The main living area and the bedrooms were on the top level and the lower level just had a living room area and a single bedroom. That was my assigned room. Not long after I began living in the home to babysit for this guy, he knocked on my bedroom door after I'd gone to bed. I was just kind of freaked out by this and I opened the door to partially ask what he wanted. He acted all friendly and he asked me if I wanted a beer like he was cool with that or something. I simply said, no, and I waited for him to leave and shut the door. So the next day, I told him that I no longer wanted to do the job, and I had him take me back home. I didn't fully understand at the time that he was a full-on predator who was trying to groom me into having a relationship with him, but I knew enough to know that something was just not right about the situation and that he was creepy, and something just told me to get the hell out of there. Edit I asked my mother, who's now 80 years old, if she remembers this happening, and she did. She said that the man had a 19-year-old fiancé. I asked why she let me do this, and she said that she wrote a handwritten contract that he signed which said he would put a lock on my bedroom door that I could leave anytime I wanted to. I know that her judgment was very wrong to allow me to do this. I'm really just relating what she told me when I asked her just a few days ago. She said that I told her that when I returned home that when he knocked on my door that night, he asked if I wanted to have a steak and a beer with him. I guess I had forgotten about the steak detail. I think she's right about that. I do seem to remember that now. She didn't remember his name or where he lived, or any other details for that matter. This happened more than 10 years ago. So, my grandma lives in the worst place in our town. I'll just say that there's a lot of shootings and drug activity there. My grandma has always been really close with me, and I grew up at her house basically, and I was always safe and never put in danger there. To this day, she's 81 years old and still lives there. My cousin and I would go over to my grandma's house, and she would always babysit us. At this age, we were just getting to know each other, and our friendship was just blooming. We were probably the ages of four to six. It was when our moms would go to work and we couldn't be home by ourselves. I can't remember exactly how often I was at my grandma's house at this age, and same with my cousin, 
but I know we went there enough. So there were times my grandma had to run to the store or something when we were there, either together or separate when she would babysit us. And when she went to the store, she would have her neighbor who was likewise an old woman who we will call in, and she would come over and stay with us while she was gone for a little bit. It was never longer than 30 minutes that N would stay with us. N and my grandma were also friends, so sometimes she would just come to the house and hang out with us and see us. She also played with us, and she was super sweet and kind. Never once did she ever alert me or make me feel weird. Same with my grandma. She really trusted and adored N. Fast forward. Now my cousin and I are around the ages of 9 to 12, I want to say. And now my grandma would have us come over and stay the night for a few nights. She'd buy us pizza and we'd stay up late and had no rules. We could just listen to music on the TV really loud, play video games on Xbox or on our iPad and 3DS. We could eat whatever we wanted, just as long as we cleaned up after ourselves. It was the highlight of my childhood going there and staying there with her. Again, we both knew it was an unsafe neighborhood so the doors were always locked and the curtains were never ever open at night. N lives in the house on the left of my grandma's house. At some point, some new person moved in on the right of my grandma's house. I remember her telling us to stay away from him and that he was a bad person, child predator. We'll call him C. When my mom would drop me off at my grandma's house, sometimes he would be sitting on the porch. I remember that he had one of those ankle things on like he was on house arrest or something. This is the part that freaks me out. The first time I saw him after her telling us about him, I really tried to look away, but I saw his face, and I shit you not. His face in my mind is ingrained as the sloth character's face from the Goonies. Now that I'm older, I can see how my childlike mind probably warps it a bit but I'm 100% positive that he did have a deformed face. He had a bit longer brown hair, and one of his eyes was placed higher than the other, and his forehead bulged out really weird. He also walked weird. His voice was low and kind of grumpy like Sloth's is. Anyway, so at this point, I was terrified of him and how he looked, and even at that young age, I had such a great radar for danger and people to avoid. So as I was saying... I would hide behind my mom whenever she walked me up to my grandma's house. A lot of times he would say I'm really friendly. Hey, how are you guys doing today? And he would try to talk to us, and neither one of us would acknowledge him. My grandma would come out on the porch, and he would say, Hey, how are you doing on this lovely day? I remember him being super polite, and my grandma just completely ignoring his existence. So my cousin and I followed along. There was one time we were playing in the backyard, and he came outside. I think he was just out doing something, but we both rushed inside. I was really sad we couldn't just live our normal life, and that we had to live in fear and completely avoid this freak. Whatever C did was probably and obviously worse than what my grandma just told us, I think, because she gave us the basic rundown of, he touched little kids and did really bad stuff with them. So now that we're older, we can fill in the blanks of what that means, to an extent. Anyways, at this point, I would guess we were around 12. N and C had somehow become close. I later learned that N was a really big religious freak and started taking C to church. 
I have no idea how or why they started hanging out, but they did. Now, N was at least 65 years old, and C was only in his 40s, which is weird considering the circumstances. After my grandma knew they'd been spending time together, she unfriended N and never let her see us again. N would always call my grandma to try and say, C's changed, he's a different person now. But my grandma wanted no part of it, and she didn't want us anywhere near someone who associated with a child predator like that. At some point, Anne called my grandma yet again, just trying to have a normal conversation. She asked if she could have pictures of me and my cousin from school for her to have in her house. I'm assuming she had some photos of us when we were really little, and that she wanted more recent ones now that we were almost in middle school. My grandma told her absolutely no, because C was frequently over at Anne's house. She also wanted her to give the picture she had back. Then they got married. Anne even called and asked for my grandma's permission to marry him, which of course she said she completely disagreed with it, and she couldn't believe it. My grandma knew that her response wasn't going to change her mind in any way. So they ended up getting married, and they moved away together. And it really sucks because our perception of Anne changed completely after that, and now that I'm 20 years old, I think it's really terrible that she did that. It's really weird to think about. It would probably be helpful if I knew the exact details of C and what he did and how long he was in prison or jail for, which he was, but I don't. If I do some digging, I might be able to uncover it for myself because I'm really curious after writing this. C's face has really been ingrained in my brain for a long time. I know that's a really bizarre description, but it is to some extent accurate. To this day, I'm really grateful my grandma did what she did for my cousin and I. After they moved away, we could finally return to our lives and not live in fear of being watched outside. Even at night, we would worry about him trying to break in or peek through the windows. It was really odd how friendly he was and why he so badly wanted to befriend my grandma. I also find it so unsettling that someone who was around kids as much as N was that she would even think to trust a child predator and try to get him around us. I have no idea what their status is now, but that is also something I tend to figure out after typing all this. Have a wonderful day everyone, and stay safe. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night, everyone. And remember, to always stay.